Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. These pounds, no. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the her and the she in un... No. <laughs> oh no, what's about to happen? We're putting the her and she into unsolved mysteries. <laughs> Mr. Sheaves. <laughs> oh, dolly. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. My name is there it is. Summer. And I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. And uh I don't have a Well, you're right. I am Joy. <laughs> and I'm here with my beautiful co-host. Um and summer yeah i just want you to know that you are obviously very well hydrated today so keep up the good work did you hear that noise over there yeah what was that it's just (laughs) things falling i don't know what they are it could be the neighbors it better be the neighbors (laughs) we're listening we're alone in the studio today so maybe I'm just a little bit more jumpy than you. Was that just the air kicking yeah. on and closing the, the door? Air okay. Just on, yeah. Okay. We're like ghost hunters up in here. We I figured know. out the mystery, Mister She. <laughs> Mister She. <laughs> I don't remember what I was just gonna tell you. Uh, should we just be honest about what's happening right now? <laughs> should we just be like really real? Sure. Okay. So listen, guys. When you hear this, Joy is already going to be married. And, like, maybe even in Australia or Possibly. something. Yeah. Um, so we have to record episodes ahead of time so that Joy can get married. I have a kid get, having surgery. Like, our month of October is crazy. So we're, like, recording episodes ahead so we can take a couple weeks off. And also so we can't let you guys down. Yeah. Um, and we can give you content. But... um. Just the thing is, is we're a little loopy right now. So, uh-huh. so yep. I just, I don't know where I'm at. And also we're alone in here and we're about to talk about unsolved mysteries. It's just like the great ambiance. We should just turn these lights off and turn the red lights on. Just didn't the I red say, <laughs> just Didn't the, I say that I wanted to spend the night in a haunted house with you? Yes. I may have even said that twice. I think, because I think I said it. I think a few weeks like ago, really and then something I... that you want to do. Okay. Yeah. Are we doing it right now? I mean, we're not, but kind of. I mean, this will be like our preparation for it. Right. I almost just said the dumbest thing. I okay. really hope this episode's recording. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's all I keep thinking about. Like, it would be terrible. Because I'm just like, if you like went on for the next hour. I know. If I told this whole story. Yeah. But yeah, did we finish our thing? We're loopy. 
And we've been recording a lot of episodes, a lot of extra episodes. And so we're going to tell you a story today. Did yeah. you say that? You said that, right? <laughs> I don't know if you said that. Yeah. No, no, no. But, I said that already. And okay. So we decided, because sometimes you guys really like when we do story time, mm-hmm. story time with Joy and Summer. And um, so last time we told our favorite, was Conspiracies the last time? Mm-mm. I think we did. We both ended up doing like weird fun stories yeah just like a fun story Mm -hmm. okay well we decided this time we were gonna do our favorite unsolved mysteries and i have not heard joy's that's why i didn't write any like i didn't have any compliments prepared or anything going into this because i don't have any notes for this episode to look at at all because i don't know what you're about to say right why did i yell that at you (laughs) i don't know what you're about okay all right i'm gonna begin I don't know how long this is going to take. Just how it takes however long it takes. Right. That's that. That's it. Because right now, as people are listening to this, you're on a beach in Australia. Just kidding. You're saving babies Possibly. in Australia. Yeah. I wonder what the... We'll just have to see when the, all these come out. I mean, I could just look at a calendar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's true. way too much work. Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. What are you telling me about... I am going to tell you about a little boy named Bobby Dunbar. Bobby Dunbar. Mm -hmm. That name's so familiar. You might know the story. Some of you might know it. This isn't quite as like, I didn't find this one in the same way that I found the other ones we've talked about, Mm -hmm. like our other mysterious, weird things. (laughs) Um, So here we go. Uh Bobby Dunbar. Mm Mm-hmm. Four years old. Yes. August 1912. 1912? Yeah. Okay. Long time ago. That's the year the, the Olympics sank. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> or the Titanic, depending on who you are. Right. <laughs> um, it was April, right? Yes. Okay. 10th? 15th. 15th. Technically, hit the iceberg at 1035 p.m., on April 14th. Okay. But didn't sink until four hours later. So it would have right. been the 15th. Okay. Gotcha. Um, the Titanic that was? Uh, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. No one knows. Um, <laughs> okay. So August 1912. So the Dunbars got together and they went on a little fishing slash family trip to Swayze Lake, which is in... Louisiana. Patrick um, Swayze's hometown. <laughs> no? Yes. Okay. He was named after it. <laughs> it's named after That's, the lake. Yeah. Not Got true it. at all. <laughs> um, but actually, so it's called a lake, but it's in Louisiana. So it's really a swamp. Oh, right. Um, obviously. Yeah. So it's like uh, the lake next to us is in Arizona. So it's man-made. Right. Got it. It's a canal. <laughs> it's a canal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Got it. Um, okay. So they went to this swamp and... Um, Bobby goes missing. Yeah. They can't find him. Okay. Um, They search the lake and the surrounding area. Uh, They cut open alligators because it was a swamp in Louisiana. And you better believe that place was teeming with alligators. See, nowadays, when we think of like, where would my children love to go? We're like, oh, let's go somewhere where there's a bunch of 
uh, Disneyland's like, like people dressed up in costumes right. and they have like a big thing over their head There's and they like look like a mouse safety and precautions. you eat churros right. and everything's great. But yeah. so apparently in 1912, they were like, where are the alligators? Are there alligators there? <laughs> Let's All right, go. We'll take our children. <laughs> um, okay. So apparently at some point in the night, Bobby had like left the tent that they had set up. No, I'm and never they going camping. They didn't see him again. Um, but they did find little uh, um, little footprints. No, Sorry, I don't I, know what I'm talking no, about right now. I don't like this. Okay, okay. so they found uh, so they found footprints though that were like small-ish, right? And uh, the way that these footprints were configured, plus who knows some measure of grief, caused the parents to think he's been taken, kidnapped. Oh. Oh, um, especially because they couldn't they like searched the lake. They blew it up with dynamite to like dislodge Whoa. any place where he could be stuck. Oh. They cut open alligators that like they like really not safe. Like if you're I, you're no. not sure if your kid's there or not. So you're like blow it up with dynamite. It was 1912. OK, they didn't have like radar or anything <laughs> like that. They were like, I don't know. We have dynamite. Oh. Apparently. OK. Um. OK. But so. um. Percy and Leslie Dunbar, the mom and the dad, uh, were obviously distraught, but they continued to search for their son because they believed that he had been abducted. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, they managed to sc- scrape together some reward money, and then the town ended up putting uh, some money together, and it equaled about $125,000 by today's standards. Patrick the Swayze's hometown put together that much money? I think the town's called Opelousas, oh. Louisiana. Okay. Right. Um, it has kind of a, it's kind of a cool yeah. town. Yeah. Uh, or sounding town, rather. I've never been there. <laughs> um, you know, when you go I just on holiday. Took a sh- I just took a short trip just to, to research this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so... After eight months of searching, a boy matching Bobby Dunbar's description was found traveling with a man named William Walters. They found him in Mississippi. Not Walter Williams. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) William Walters. William Walters. Not I I did have the same thing, yes. Okay. Um, I kept wanting, like when I would just refer to him as his last name, Walters, I kept wanting to put Williams. Right. Um, Right. But yes. Naturally. So, um... When they stopped, when authorities stopped Walter Williams, he claimed uh, that the mother of the boy, Julia Anderson, um, worked for his family and gave permission for the boy, who was named Bruce Anderson, to accompany him on his travels. The mom worked for the family of William Walters. Okay. And she was a single mother, which you can imagine... The context of that in 1912, 1912. yeah, um, and she couldn't really care for him all right. that well, right? Um, and so he said that she, like, he would travel around the area, and mm-hmm. he would, um, like, ask. He would do like repairs. He would tune pianos and okay. do things around the house, and okay. then he would travel like so he'd make a little bit of money and then he would also do those things in exchange to just stay the night right um and he had said uh he he was fine with bringing bruce with him because 
like ladies of the house were always just nicer when there was a boy. Like when it was a, a man and a boy, there was no, not as much like hesitation, like what are you doing here in the middle of the night asking me for a place to stay? Right. Um, and so, uh, but he wow, like enjoyed time. Yeah. He enjoyed the company of the boy. And some people say that uh, there was some sort of relation okay. to the boy. Yeah. Maybe the father or the uncle. Um, okay. This was sort of, uh, poor Julia Anderson had herself in sort of a not so great situation, situation that yeah. I don't know if she knew how to get out of at the time. Right. Um, and so uh, the authorities uh, did not believe him. They didn't and believe that this was Bruce Anderson. No, they thought that it was Bobby Dunbar. And so they um, don't tell sent him they back. Him. They what? sent him back to Louisiana. They just took this boy because they were convinced it was Mm -hmm. Bobby Dunbar. Yep. And and they arrested William Walters for kidnapping, which was a capital offense at the time, just so you know. Wow. Um, It should still be. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just P.S. Anyway. But so um, apparently what happened, like right before Bobby Dunbar, who like they so apparently they found Bobby Dunbar. That's what they think. And they... um, Sent him back to Louisiana. He was somewhere, some like neutral space, and he had fallen asleep. So when he was reunited with his mother, father, and younger brother, he was like waking up. Okay. So he had fallen asleep. They, the family got there. He woke up. And it's interesting because uh, some reports say that he like opened his eyes and was like, mother, and like threw himself into her arms. Oh. And then some reports say that nobody was sure of what was happening. Like the family the boy, was like, this isn't Bobby. Uh, yeah. Like and the, the boy mom was like, I don't know you. Really unsure at first. Oh. So. How are you unsure if this is well, your kid or and not? And it's been eight months. He's he's four years old plus eight months. Mm. He's capable of talking. Right. Capable of memory. Knows who his mom is. Right. Isn't going to change physical characteristics all that. And certainly not enough to where you can't recognize, recognize him at all. Right. Now, I do think there's something to be said about like we we have a little bit of an interesting perspective on this just because of the time we exist in Mm -hmm. like i don't know how common it was for you to just have pictures of your children around right like would spending eight months away from your child with no reference point of what they really looked like Mm. what would that do i don't know yeah anyway it's a point worth considering okay at least um okay so it, it was just, it, it's kind of, it's it's actually really one of the weirder parts of the story that there were such mixed, different or, like reports. it was, and I guess it was sort of a somewhat common at this time because newspapers were in um, competition with one another. Uh. So they would try to report like newer breaking edge stories. Right. Um, I don't know, possibly. But so... Um, Specifically, the mom, Leslie Dunbar, she seemed unsure. But the next, so they, the next day, she, they took the boy home. She gave him a bath the next day and she said that she, like, looked at him for birthmarks, scars, right. any sort of identifying thing. And she was, like, overjoyed and convinced that it was him. That it was Bobby. Um, you know, here's the thing. Even if they didn't have pictures. I'm hearing sounds again. That really freaks me out. I know. Even if they didn't have 
pictures. I stare at my children's faces I know. so I know. much. It's not it's not really a great it's like the only thing I could think of. Right. That would possibly contribute. Make you, right. Yeah. See it differently. Right. That's so interesting. Yeah. Okay. So she is now sure that it's him. Yes. I do not understand how it would take that long. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, so William Walters was obviously arrested for kidnapping. Um, and he's sitting in jail and uh, he continued to repeat his story which was that he was given permission to have possession of the child the mother knew and most importantly the boy was not bobby dunbar the boy was bruce anderson um so he wrote at one point here there's a bunch of like historical documents and stuff that were found um so he says i see that you got bruce but you have heaped up trouble for yourselves I had no chance to prove up, but I know by now you have decided you are wrong. It is very likely I will lose my life on account of that. And if I do, the great God will hold you accountable. Wow. That boy's mother is Julia Anderson. You ask him and he will tell you. I did not teach him to beg or bum, but in as much as you have him, take good care of him. Oh. So you have lost a Robert and me lost a Bruce. Oh. May God bless my darling boy. Write me if I don't get lynched. I think you will be sad a long time, but hope not too bad. I have goosebumps. That's yeah. the saddest thing. Yep. So he really I mean, cared about that kid. Oh yeah. Oh. Um. So by the grace of God, I guess. Yeah. The town did release Walters in 1914. Um. He was in jail be- for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, uh, he. There was a bunch of, there was a bunch, like, media attention had died down, and um, there was, like, somewhat, maybe, I guess, what you'd consider, like, new evidence. So he requested a new trial. He was granted a new trial, and um, the town had spent so much money on the original trial and everything that they didn't want to pay for it, so they just let him go. So they just let him go, but <laughs> they didn't get, they didn't, they decided that this kid was really Bobby Dunbar at the same right. time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Um, da, da, da. All right. So everyone is happy, apparently. Um, I mean, no, not this kid's mom. I know. I know. Well, so uh, people were happy in the way that they had. This was a huge thing. They were solving it quickly. All this stuff. So this is still... So I know I just said 1914. Don't get too, too mixed up. Because okay. we're still talking about, like, pretty... Fairly immediately after all okay. this has transpired. Okay. But so, um, basically, once Lessie had said, okay, I looked him over. This is my I, son. This is my son. Everyone was like, whoo, okay, now we can all get back to our lives. Because right. we had raised all this money. When they were reunited, there was, like, fire trucks. There was, like, a parade wow, okay. for this boy yeah. being reunited with yeah. his family. Um, and so everything had, you know, in everyone's minds, it was good. We were good. Um, but one day, a woman named Julia Anderson stormed into town. Good Not for too her. long after all this. Good for her. And she was obviously demanding the return of her son. Obviously. Bruce Anderson. Um, She said that she had. So this is this is kind of interesting because she said that she consented to send the boy 
with with Walter uh, with Walters for a few days, but they had been traveling for almost a year. And so I don't know why exactly. Mm. This is kind of a loose end. It's possible, I think, that if she um, was ashamed about not being able to take care of her kids, mm-hmm. she wouldn't have admitted to. Sure. She thought that maybe that would reflect poorly because she doesn't necessarily, she really doesn't say anything like that. Right. Other well, then than just. People would be questioning, like, if you really loved your son, why right. did you let him go for so long? And people can be really cruel like well, that. Well, so basically all that happens anyway. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. She was asked to identify the boy. They did like a court type setting, um, but she was asked to identify the boy. Um, she they took five similar looking, similarly aged boys and they brought them in one at a time. And um, she couldn't <gasps> pick which one was her how, boy. How long had this been? Um, not all that long. I mean, granted, they had, she had been he had been traveling. Yeah, with, for a long time. With uh, William oh, Walters. I have goosebumps. For a while. Okay. And so it's possible. Yeah. You know. Okay. So anyway, so she failed that lineup. Oh. Um, and then she was she was allowed to do basically what Lessie had done, which was, this sounds a little bit creepy. I don't think it's creepy. But she was allowed to examine him. Wow. For birthmarks and other identifying sure. marks. Sure. And then she was certain that this that, boy who had been reunited to the Dunbars was Lesley. absolutely Bruce Anderson, her son. Um, <sighs> so, um, unfortunately, her initial hesitation had already made national news. And the public used uh, this hesitation against her, along with the fact that she had mm. multiple illegitimate children. Mm. And was said to be illiterate. They called her a prostitute. Mm. Um, they found out that she had given a daughter up for adoption. Um, <sighs> they found out that she had been blamed wrongfully for the death of a child so they fairly just, recently. They when, dragged her through the mud. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. Wow. Um, yeah, they came up with all the story stuff. that they told about her. Yeah. They told the worst story they could oh, possibly yeah. tell and yep. tried to make her look terrible. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, so she returned to, part of me wants to say, I'm getting a little confused because I read something that said North Carolina, but most of this pl- takes place in either Louisiana or Mississippi. So she returned back to where she came from. <laughs> and that was it, regardless or not oh, of whether or not that. the boy was actually Bobby Dunbar. He was now. Right. He had become Bobby Dunbar if he really wasn't. The court said, wow, this Mm. is Bobby Dunbar. He belongs to the Dunbars. Mm. Percy and Leslie are his parents. Mm. Um, So there you go. Right. Um, So the Dunbars kind of moved on with their lives Uh, in 1920. So not all that much later. So they would have been 12. Yeah. Okay. Lessie suddenly left the family and what? filed for divorce. Okay. And the same year, on the eighth anniversary of his son's disappearance, Percy Dunbar beat and stabbed a man in Florida. Okay. Um. Not looking good. Yeah. Not doing so, so hot. Something is happening in this family. Yes. I mean, it's. I'm sure for the most part. It was a very normal, right? Nor everything was normal and fine, 
Um, but so uh, wow. Lessie and Percy separated mm. and um, obviously neither of them were necessarily doing all that well. What Like Lessie, she left before filing for divorce. She just left wow. the two boys that she had mm. and her husband. Yeah. And um, clearly, and then, clearly they didn't really move on. Right. Okay. There was just like, there was just some unrest and weirdness. Yeah. Um, there's not a ton that we really know right. after that up until um, 1932. Bobby Dunbar, uh, or who was decided by the court was Bobby Dunbar. Right. Was interviewed um, when the Lindbergh baby was stolen. Oh. He was interviewed about his experience. Of being stolen. Yes. Okay. Because um, either way you look at either it, by he was stolen. All the, either by um, William Walters or, or this family the he's been living with. Right. right. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So he claimed that he, so in this interview, he claimed that he did not remember being eaten by an alligator, as some had suggested, but he remembered that while he was traveling with William Walters and he was traveling with another boy who had fallen from the wagon and died and they had like buried on the side of the road. What? So this story, um, like this, basically this interview was like, uh, it was, it just made everything seem a little bit more feasible. Like, Oh, okay. No, that is Bobby Dunbar because obviously Bruce Anderson and Bobby Dunbar were traveling with, with William guy, Walters and Bruce Anderson fell the one that died. out. So there you go. That's the explanation of why this woman thought, you know, okay. So right. if, if you had any, if you were speculating at all, if anyone had any thought in their mind that like, remember that Julia Anderson thing? That was kind of weird. Right. It turns out her son was with this guy. Right. It's just that he died on their right. travels. So that's the confusion. So and they here think we that have, it's answered. We have a 24-year-old Bobby Dunbar commenting on his life. It happened to him. He remembers. And he he's knows. he's saying there was another kid who fell right. out of the wagon. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love that they were in a wagon. I know. Just, 1912. A, a different time. Different time. Okay. <laughs> Well, like, think about what it would have taken even um, Julia Anderson to get to Opelousas. Right. Like, it's not she like she just, trouble. like, got on an airplane. Right. She didn't drive. She right. And she was, like, a farmhand. Right. She, I don't even know how she did it. Right. Um, okay, anyway. Bobby Dunbar grows up. He has a son mm -hmm. named Bob Jr., Okay. Of course. Of course naturally. Um, who this had a different a time. Daughter named Margaret. Roberta. Oh. Margaret. <laughs> Roberta. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So Margaret had grown up hearing the story of her grandfather's kidnapping. Um, and at a certain point she was given, I think maybe in like 2000, Bob Jr. gave Margaret um, a photo album of newspaper clippings mm -hmm. and all kinds of things detailing the event. Please tell and, me we're about to get to some some DNA. And she Please tell me. And it me. turned into an obsession for her. Okay. So she started I can't even breathe. Okay. She started looking into everything. So um she was looking on a like a genealogy website for Julia Anderson. I have goosebumps. Because she had just been looking and looking and looking into okay. into that side of the story right um and she found this little this little like blurb 
under her name on this genealogy website. Uh huh. Julia had a son from her first marriage named Bruce, who was kidnapped from North Carolina when he was six years old and taken to Louisiana. She tried to get him back, but the people that kidnapped him won him in court and changed his name to Bobby Dunbar. So in that moment, like, it was a weird moment for her because she was like, that's not the story I heard. That's not the story. Right. And so, like, of course, I'm sure if she had really thought about it, that side of the story was always there. Like, right. Right there, sort of running alongside. She she knew about Julia Anderson. Right. But she had never seen it written. Wasn't framed that way. From that perspective. For her. Right. And so she was like, whoa, that's a really weird way of telling the story of my grandfather. Right. And how he was kidnapped. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, And so... She tracked down a woman named Lisa Tarver, who was the granddaughter of Juliet Anderson. Yes. We're getting to DNA. Mm -hmm. I know it. Yes. Okay. So the two, so Linda, similarly to Margaret, Uh had been told this story her entire life. Right. This was like a part of the family legacy. It was a family story that she had heard over and over again. Happened in our past. Right. Except for she heard it. From the other side. Right. Like the genealogy site said it. Margaret heard it Mm -hmm. as though... Bobby Dunbar had always been Bobby Dunbar and was always Bobby Dunbar. Right. Um, Okay. So the two, the two like formed a friendship and uh, they joined forces to learn more about the story. Um, But what they discovered um, was that they both believed the stories they had been told growing up. Sure. So, the two sides to the one story created tension. Yeah. Um, and it was just always kind of there underlying. Naturally. Um, the real breaking point of that tension was uh, Margaret had been invited to read pieces of information, like a, the sort of a collection of information that she had gotten through all her studies and research for some sort of like historical society thing. She mm-hmm. was just... It was a celebration of the town's history and they knew that she had been looking into all this stuff. And so they asked her to like read a portion of her discoveries um, about her grandfather. Right. And so um, the reading that she gives is very, very in the vein of what the press at the time were saying about Julia Anderson. Mm, um, which was all negative she, things. Yeah, she noted that she was obviously the mother of illegitimate children. Right. She wasn't taking care of her children. She was illiterate, also that too. Um, and she just, you can hear, I'll tell you at the end where you can actually hear the people say these things mm. in interviews and things like that. Mm. Um, so she reads it. In the play, like where I got a lot of this story from, like she reads it to you and Mm. it was not nice. Okay. It was not nice at all. Um, And I almost like, it was to the point where I wonder like why she would feel okay about reading that when. She's such good friends. When the granddaughter is. Right there. Her friend and this relative of this person. Right. Is sitting right there. Right. Um, So. After that, Linda Carver said. Linda Carver is the granddaughter of, of uh, Julia, Julia Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Okay. Um, so she was she was upset after that reading. Right. Well, naturally. And she says, I told her 
the very woman that you maligned at that meeting today could very well turn out to be your great grandmother. That's right. That could yeah. be her great grandmother. Mm-hmm. And so, and then she so, and then when Margaret, Margaret gave a statement about Linda Carver's response to this. And so she's kind of paraphrasing her in the beginning of this quote. So Margaret said, uh, Tarver also told her, you need to look more closely. You keep wanting to know all about Julia. You need to look more into Lessie and Percy and judge their characters. Mm. So Margaret says that did not make me happy. Okay. <laughs> it sort naturally. of angered me sure. to have her say that. But sure. in retrospect, she was absolutely right. I did need to put down what I believed and be able to look at it with fresh eyes. Yeah. So this tension, even though it was uncomfortable, was what really forced Margaret to investigate her family instead of just the Andersons. Right. Um, so Linda and Margaret continued their research and they found something really, really important. Uh, the legal file of William Walters. Mm. Uh, it had uh, correspondence between um, Mississippi and Louisiana, like political office Mm -hmm. correspondence. Um, I think there's something like 20 sworn affidavits from residents that said they had seen um, Bruce Anderson with William Walters Mm. in the year preceding Bobby Dunbar's disappearance. Wow. Um, And all this is in the file. Um, And then there were handwritten letters from Julia Anderson to... William Walters in prison, um, all all this stuff, mm. tons of stuff. But there was one thing that really, she says, like in an interview that she did, she said like this moment was her epiphany. There was an anonymous letter written by someone who signed the letter, the Christian woman. Mm. She said, dear sir, in view of human justice to Julia Anderson and mothers, I am prompted to write you. I sincerely believe the Dunbars have Bruce Anderson and not their boy. If this was their child, why are they afraid for anyone to see or interview him privately? Mm. I would see nothing to fear, and this seems strange. Mm-hmm. The Dunbars claim that if it, if this had been their own child, and he had gone, had been gone, sorry, and he had been gone eight months, do you think his features would be so changed that they would not uh, know him only by moles and scars? This is a farce. If the Dunbars do not know their child who has only been gone eight months by his features, why they don't know him at all. Mm. Um, I tend to agree, good ma'am. Right. So it was a longer, it was a long letter. um, And one of the really other important things that that really hit Margaret was that this woman, whoever she was, um, she said, she basically made the point that like, why was Julia scrutinized for being unsure of her son's identity more so than Leslie Dunbar? Right. Because both of them well, because Lessie wasn't a single mom right. and whatever. She had more status. Yeah. So. But so that like her point was basically just like, that's what happened. Both of them had. Just so you know. Right. What happened was that Lessie mm-hmm. and and uh, Julia did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And one of them suffered for it. Right. With the other one, it didn't seem to make very much of a difference at right. all. Yeah. Um, And so that was when Margaret really became unsure mm-hmm. of this story and this legacy that had been passed down by her family. Um, and she had considered the idea many times of doing a DNA test, yes, which would be compared to um, the son of Bobby Dunbar's younger brother, okay. Alonzo. So Alonzo didn't go missing. 
and he was definitely a Dunbar. Right. Bobby Dunbar did go missing. Right. And maybe he's Bruce Anderson. So you have this person to compare it to. A brother who is absolutely Lessie and Percy's son. Right. To someone who may or may not be Lessie and Percy's son. (laughs) Okay. Um, But she really... She didn't want to do it unless her family consented. Okay, that makes she, sense. She okay. was getting the feeling. Sure. I mean, if you imagine if this was your family. Yeah. You'd be like, this right. would be uprooting. A lot. Everything you a knew lot, about your lot. family. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you can see, you can at least. Understand how you would not want to do this lone wolf right. style. Right. Because essentially you are about to rewrite the entire narrative of your family history right. for the last two generations. Right. And we're talking about people that are older and right. have lived their entire life believing knowing who they were right and where they came from and suddenly they don't know right right um so uh she kind of she just she wanted to do that but she wasn't really entertaining the idea and i think at this point she was already sort of there was already some issues with her and her family just because she was even digging into this and when she especially when she started to take the slant that maybe like at first they were okay with it when they thought she was trying to prove that he was Bobby Dunbar. Right. But once they got wind that she was even contemplating She's right. that maybe that wasn't the case. Right. Um, they weren't happy about it. Yeah. Um and so uh a reporter from the National Wire did get news of Margaret's research and he requested an interview, uh, to which they said yes. So Margaret and um Bob Jr sat down with this reporter from the National Wire and the national the the reporter said, Will you do a DNA test? And he said, Yes. Mm. Um so they decided that he would do a DNA test. Um and he uh he considered it it his inter- the portion of his interview that's captured is is really cool. He was um when all this was happening, he ended up in the hospital with congestive heart failure. Ugh. And so he was like, he was like, look, I'm considering this a part of something that I'm leaving behind. Yeah. Like he considered it his duty because DNA testing wasn't available when all this mess right. happened right. in the first place. And so he was like, um, basically, it's a part of the legacy I want to leave. I want to prove that Bobby Dunbar is Bobby Dunbar. Right. Uh, let's just do it. Yeah. So what they did decide, though, was that um, they would do the DNA test. I have butterflies. Okay. They would send in both tests <sighs> for comparison. Okay. Um, and then it would be like the results would be put in a sealed envelope, which they would not open until the family, like all the siblings were in agreement. No. That they could open it. Stop. <laughs> okay. So here's the thing, though. Okay. Here's the thing. What is the thing? Margaret called the DNA testing center to, like, check in on the results or something. I don't know. Maybe she needed to tell him where to send the results. And um, the technician just very calmly said, oh, the results don't match. (gasps) The technician literally thought she was doing a paternity testing. What? So she didn't, this poor woman (laughs) didn't have any idea what kind of, what she was starting. She had no idea what kind of news she was giving to this woman over the phone. 
And Margaret was like, she didn't know how to take it. She didn't like the woman didn't realize the importance of the information she was giving. And to hear it in wait, such wait. like, what does it mean? The results don't match. So, Margaret? so the so the DNA from Bobby Dunbar's little brother, and the DNA from from Bobby, Bobby Dunbar's Dunbar, granddaughter, uh, son, Bobby Dunbar's son, didn't, didn't match. match. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and and like it's very interesting to hear her voice actually talk about it it was anderson because it was just, she said it was like insane it was insane and surreal the way that the technician just said they don't this match. so like blase right this piece of information that changed her entire this, life like 80 year old she wasn't mystery. supposed to know yes <laughs> yeah so um she was like okay what do i do with this information right Right. She was trying to do right by her family yeah. and wait for them. Right. And then she just. She really did try. And then she just wow. found out by accident, by total oversight. Wow. And so she went and she told her father, Bob Jr., um, that his wow. father, Bobby Dunbar, was actually was not, Bruce Anderson was not and Bobby had Dunbar. been all along. Wow. Except for in a weird way, he had been Bobby Dunbar all along. Since he was, because you know, five point, years old, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, uh, they had to tell their family because the National Wire was going to write an article about this. Yeah. So they had to tell them incredibly unhappy about it. Um, but everyone else was like overjoyed. The Anderson line, the Walters line that when they told, um, well, they were, they were vindicated. Yeah. Well, and when they told the, um, when they gave the news, uh, Bob Jr. and his wife went to tell the family of um, the Andersons. The Andersons. And mm. apparently they just like hugged him. Mm. And they were like, we're family. Yeah. I mean, at they, this point, yes, they are. you are. They were family. Like, you are actually family. <laughs> and so in a weird way, after a hundred years. Wow. This family is reunited. Wow. But. <laughs> Right. Like the whole point of this whole thing yeah. was to reunite Bobby Dunbar right. with his family. Right. And it took a hundred years. And in years, a whole really. weird way, yeah. there was a family reunited yeah. after over a hundred years. Right. Okay. What do you so have to tell me? I, can't, I cannot handle anymore. It's- well, so here's the thing. This is unsolved <sighs> mysteries. Yeah. And so technically this mystery is, isn't unsolved. But also a part of me thinks it is. Because there's like a lot of little things that are just that don't add crazy. Up. Yeah. Um, Bobby Dunbar was the real Bobby Dunbar was right, never found. Right. So the real Bobby Dunbar. Tragic. Right. We don't know where he was. And I think it probably is mm-hmm. he was in safest this... to assume that he had fallen in the water. Yeah. Or had wandered into the woods. Right. And something happened to him. Right. Which is tragic. Uh, and right. I hate thinking about that. Oh, yeah. I know. Be- and well, and it's horrible. Like yeah. their family. The family never got to properly mourn. It obviously affected yeah, their life. It really affected their and life. And then in some weird mm. attempt to not be grieving anymore. Yeah. They, they, they convinced themselves another tragedy. Yeah. Which they is convinced, really sad. Yeah. They in the cost of them of their grief yeah. being settled. Yeah. Was the grief of another yeah. woman. Mm-hmm. They took her son. Right. So they lost a son mm-hmm. and they were willing to pretty much do anything. Not to feel that. Right. 
yeah. including taking another something they knew. They knew the pain of losing a son. Right. And they were willing to inflict that pain. Right. Just to not have to feel it. Right. Um, and so I just think there's a lot of mysteries here. Yeah. Which is why I, cont- I just decided to do this mystery anyway, mm-hmm. because there's the mystery of why both mothers didn't, didn't know. Right. Yeah. It is so crazy because I'm not even a mother, but I can't imagine not recognizing there's no my way. own child. There's no way. Um, But both of them did it, including, right. as we found out, the actual mother. Right. Um, And so something mysterious happened and it may not be all that mysterious it may be something just as simple as she if she hadn't seen him in a long time yeah then it's possible that he did look very different sure um but uh, anyway okay also the mystery why was this boy okay with going with another family yeah (laughs) why didn't he ever say anything yeah and i think obviously his interview after um the Lindbergh baby was stolen um indicates that despite him being of age to remember things um it was very he it sounds like he heard a lot about the story enough to sort of create memories surrounding it and reconcile that as an adult right but i do also wonder like a four year and eight month old can definitely say um that's not my mom (laughs) Oh, you know what I mean? Yes. And so I feel like that's really weird. I feel like maybe there's something that happened there that wasn't reported. Right. Um, Very strange. I don't know. I just think it's interesting that he didn't ever say anything. Um, I also think it's it's insane and interesting that the court of public opinion matters so much. Um, yeah. Even over a hundred years later. Yeah. This kind of stuff happens. Yeah. Literally the only reason why. Her son was taken from her is because the court of public opinion yeah. was able to slam her. Yeah. Well, and we're still doing it. Oh, yeah. We're seeing it in that case right now with that man who was, you know, wrongfully shot in his apartment. Oh, and yeah. It's like, oh, well, he had marijuana. Right. And it's just like, how is this pertinent? The Botham Jean case. Right. Are you allowed to shoot someone who has marijuana right. in like, their this apartment? Is, <laughs> this is not pertinent to the case. Right. At all. Yeah. <laughs> so stop it. Right. And so it's so interesting, to, like that's sort of a mystery in and of itself. And we like to think that it's like a problem that plagues our society. But obviously this was the early 1900s and it was still a problem back then. Yeah. Well, um, you know, the, in scripture, we're told, you know, show no partiality to the poor or the rich. Right. Um, so it's obviously a very human thing. We yeah. we show partiality and it's a sin. And there you go. Yep. I also think that what's really interesting about this case is just sort of the family legacy. Like we all have stories that our families tell us that we grew up hearing. And it's so funny because three separate families, the Walters, the Dunbars and the Andersons all had a different way of telling this story. Right. And they right. all grew up hearing this, their, their yeah. separate yes. version of this story. Yep. Um, and I just wondered, like, did any part, what is the, I feel like there is a mystery involving the psychology behind Lessie and Percy. Yeah. Like, did they Something know at all? On. Something was that, going on there. Right. That that this boy wasn't theirs. Did they just ignore it? Did they need did they it fight to be about their it? son? Right. right. Did they fight about it? Did yeah. one of them have, like, such incredible guilt that right. they couldn't bear it? Like, what? You know, we don't know. Right. 
That's yeah, did crazy. they figure, did they just, the best I can think of is that they just needed Bobby to not be gone. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And it, I think it, it tore them apart, obviously, yeah. whatever the case was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. But anyway, so that's technically a solved mystery that's Has surrounded by unsolved, unsolved pieces right. to it. And right. it was unsolved for a really long time, even yeah. though, like, technically, legally, it was never unsolved. Right. Like, in the eyes of the law, it was yeah. solved. But mm-hmm. obviously. Well, and that's what, like, uh, it was only by the grace of God that uh, William Walters was let go. I know. Because they well, absolutely, I, I feel like they could have very, very easily, he could have been put to death. And we'd be talking about a whole different set right. of circumstances here. Right. Like, right. it's crazy. Yeah. And it's just because of, like, a few. <sighs> That's a crazy story. Yeah. And you would like to think none of it could happen today, but it totally could. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know DNA would rule out an exact happening oh, like yeah. this, but all, like you pointed out, all the stuff around it. We're well, here's still how doing got, these things. Here's how I got to this story. I was research, and there just wasn't enough to like fill an episode, uh-huh. but I was researching twins who got away with crimes because oh. they couldn't prove which one oh. it was. Oh, that's and there's an like, interesting topic. There's tons of, and there's just no way. I didn't really want to talk a ton about like murder and sure. And right. a lot of them did when you're talking DNA, a lot of them involve sexual assault and I wasn't super yeah. interested in telling that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, there's like some burglaries that are really interesting. There wow. was a, a break in at like a jewelry place. Right. And they found like a glove discarded and the police were like, haha, sucker, we're going to figure out who this is. They run the DNA and it's twins and they couldn't charge them because, because they could they never figure out which point. one it was. Right. Well, they'd have to be identical twins. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I, anyway, that's how I'm I like. I'm so interested in twins. Because <laughs> I know me I have too. so many in my family. My mom's oh, an identical twin. Yeah, that's right. My mom, yeah. She could get away with burglary? No, she couldn't. She's too sweet. Anyway, <laughs> that was an amazing or story. Or that's all a part of her. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Mr. She. Free, <laughs> Miss. I can't even do it again. I don't know. That was amazing. All right. Well, next week, I'm going to tell you guys my unsolved mystery. And it is one of my favorites. And it is. I hope that one day it's solved, but it's not yet. So anyway, that's it for this week. We'll see you guys next week.